Welcome to the Yogi MD podcast. It's Nadine, yoga teacher, health coach, and retired doctor, here to bring you and your body together, not in sickness, but in health. Thanks for taking this time for yourself. Today, my guest is Danielle Todd. She is the founder of Make Food Not Waste in Detroit. Danielle is here today to talk about her organization, educate us about food waste in America, and give us tips on how to avoid it. Good morning, Danielle. How are you? I'm good. Good morning. (laughs) I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. So will you give us the pleasure of getting to know you a bit before we get started? Sure. Uh, I live outside of Detroit, and I uh, spend... Most of my time working on wasted food, I came to this kind of late in my career, uh, but like many things, you when you look back, you realize that it was kind of lying in front of you the whole time, and I appreciate now that uh, for the past 20 years or so, that food has been really important to me and working at the intersection of food and culture and environment was something that I was, I suppose, destined to do. So I'm, I'm delighted to be able to work on this at this point in my career. Beautiful. So when you say that it was sort of an accident or it was lying in front of you the whole time, what do you mean by that? Can you elaborate a little bit more? I've always been really interested in food, but more so from a hobby perspective. And uh, it's, it, probably started when I grew up on my grandparents' farm in New Jersey. This was back when New Jersey was uh, the true garden state. And uh, they had a produce farm, and I uh, spent time growing up there, would go there after school and spend time there on weekends. And so food was important from an economic standpoint to our family, but it was also really important from a gathering standpoint. We would come together around food. My grandmother was an amazing cook. Uh, my dad was a great cook. And we uh, talked a lot about how food tasted and the quality of it. And I, and I just thought that was that's just what everyone did, that it was just sort of a normal way of interacting with food. And then as I got older, I uh, started to cook for my own family and uh, found myself spent, you know, I read about food, I traveling, I would always seek out whatever was unusual about food in that area, loved every aspect of it, but really felt that it was more of a hobby more than anything else. You know, I never wanted to be a chef. I didn't really have interest in working from restaurants. And uh, as a lifelong environmentalist as well, I was just thrilled to realize the connection between food and the environment a few years ago, and that I could take my interest in food and bring it more into the professional side and uh, out of just the personal side. So how was Make Food Not Waste born? A few years ago, I was, uh, like I said, I've always been a strong environmentalist and was feeling really frustrated that I wasn't able to to work on something that I felt had a really tangible impact on the environment. And, you know, of course, anything you do with environmentalism is incredibly complex. And it's hard to feel that your actions can really make a difference sometimes. 
So Mm -hmm. I looked to, uh, I came across a book called Drawdown written by Paul Hawken. And what he did is he, excuse me, he got a group together and they analyzed all of the potential solutions to climate change and rank them in order of how, how how much impact each solution would have. And uh, the first two on the list were areas that I felt like I couldn't really, as a from a personal standpoint, impact. Uh, the first one is refrigerant management, and the second one is wind turbines, and and those are two things that you know I have no experience in. But the third is food waste reduction. And uh, what that means is that if we work to reduce our the amount of food that we throw away, it has a massive impact on climate change. And I thought, well, this is something that I, you know, I love food and love the environment. This is perfect. This is this is what I can spend my time on. So that's that's really when Make Food Not Waste was born. Uh, it was a, it was a realization that in the in the grand, whole scheme of things that food waste reduction really is powerful and really can make a difference in making the climate less hot and making the environment healthier. So was food waste something that was discussed in your family? I think it was more about a res- having a respect for food than mm-hmm. really thinking about the waste side of it. I, I remember my I would have dinner with my grandparents and I I was a somewhat picky eater when I was little. And my grandfather would, you know, gruffly say, you know, your grandmother cooked that food. And what do you mean you're not going to eat it? So it was more, it was more about that than, uh, you know, I worked so hard to grow this and you shouldn't waste it kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but it was also delicious. And so you, you almost didn't want to throw it away. You know, you, you ate every last drop of it. You graciously invited me to come to the Make Food Not Waste Detroit event a few weeks ago. And so can you tell us about that event? We've had the Make Food Not Waste event for two years now. The first one was September 2018, and we just had our second one September 2019. And the event is really meant to inspire people to waste less food and to bring everyone together and to show guests all the work that's being done in Southeast Michigan around reducing food waste, whether that's food recovery organizations or composting groups or educators, uh, social justice groups. We really want to demonstrate community and, and really allow people to go home with some easy tips and tricks of how they can waste less at home. So the event is free by design. We want to make sure that everyone has the ability to attend and it centers around a meal that's made from food that would otherwise go to waste. So we, we source protein and produce that for whatever reason, wasn't going to be used. We involve local chefs and they create dishes from that food to show how you can use creativity to make many different dishes from the same old produce and the same old mm-hmm. protein. And we surrounded the food with different people talking on stage and, and exhibitors talking about their work. And this, this past year we had about 3,500 people. Uh, we also made an additional 1500 meals that we donated 
to the community. So we had we had 5,000 meals that, that came from the event. And I think the, you know, the event kind of started as this idea, well, let's get everyone together and, and maybe help them brush up on their home ec skills or, or learn skills that maybe they never learned before. But as the event evolves and as we start planning September 2020, which we've already started for next year, <laughs> and wow. we encourage all of your listeners to come, we'll be at Eastern Market in September next year. As a next, I think in our next step, it's going to be even more about the value of food and the value of each other and bringing everyone together to break bread and to share with each other all the tips that we each use at home to make our food go further and really make it a, a special day where we highlight how important food is to all of us and, and how we can bring that respect and value back a little bit more. What's important for us to know about food waste? The most important thing to know about food waste is that when you waste food and, and wasting food is really, it's, we're talking about edible food, food that you could otherwise eat. So not, you know, we're not talking about bones and eggshells and things like that. This is perfectly edible food that we all throw away. That when you, when you throw it away, you're throwing away all of the resources and all of the work that went into bringing that food to you. And it starts with the seeds and the farmers and it goes through the distributors and the processors and the grocery stores. It's the transportation, it's the water, it's the land, it's the fertilizers. It's, it's so much that goes into every last strawberry, every last egg, every piece of bread. And so when, when we casually throw that away, we're really throwing away much more than just that end product. Uh, I think the other thing people don't realize is when food goes into landfills, and that's where most of our food and our edible food ends up, uh, you know, most of the time we, we're not composting it, which is better than throwing it away in landfills, but still the best thing to do is to not waste it in the first place. Uh, when we throw our food into landfills, it does break down because it's organic material. But when it breaks down, it produces methane. And methane is one of the most powerful greenhouse gases. So when we think about why food waste is has such an impact on our climate, it's for both of those reasons. It's the waste of the resources and it's that methane. It's the, the greenhouse gas that's being that's coming off of those landfills. And it's part, it's, it's a major part of why our climate is getting so hot. What I'm hearing is respect, having respect for where the food comes from and having respect for what can happen when we waste it. It's absolutely respect. And it's funny that you say that because when I started down this road, I think I was more focused on the waste aspect of it and how we can wait how we can waste less from a from a logistic standpoint you know things like well we can plan our meals better and we can use up our leftovers and we can understand date labels better and you know all these steps that we can take to waste less but 
over time, I've realized that what it really comes down to is, is that respect. It's realizing that our food is important, that our growers are important, our the labor is important, that we are important, and we need to treat our food seriously. And it, it food has gotten so commoditized, and whether it's calling Uber Eats to have something delivered or uh, just grabbing something on the go, eating just to fix that hunger, but not really nourish. The more we respect our food and care about our food, I think naturally we would waste less. I think the waste is a, is a symptom. It's, it's reflecting how we've come as a culture and a society to think about our food and, and to be so casual about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by the relationship between food waste and food recovery in terms of, you know, people are, get really excited about donating food and getting it to people who need it, which of course I would support everyone having enough food to eat, but there is a kind of, you know, it's, it's bad enough to not have enough food to eat, but then to be given quote unquote scraps is also not great. <laughs> you know, like, well, we're just going to give all of our leftovers and we're going to donate our food or mm. we're do a food drive and we clean out the stuff from our pantries that we don't want to eat. Well, if we don't want to eat it, chances are the person you're giving it to doesn't want to eat it either. And that's interesting. Um, yeah, and, and food banks will complain about that with food drives that they get, you know, all the weird stuff from people's pantries. And, it, you know, it's not, it's again, another way of the value that we put on people and food when we just will say, well, you know, well, I don't want it. It's not good enough for me, but you can eat it. You know, I, I read somewhere, somewhere, someone had a great quote that said, you know, food, food is not the not the solution to hunger you know we think with all of our food banks and food rescue organizations that we can just kind of donate enough food to get us out of this mess but the reason people don't have enough food to eat is they don't have enough money to buy it (laughs) so we need to be it's a distraction i think to focus too much on food donation you know better to use our resources wisely from the start don't waste from the start and then work something into our economic system so that everyone has the opportunity to buy food that's nutritious and good for them and what they're, what they want to eat than to have this goofy system where we overproduce only to dump surplus on parts of our population that don't have the benefit of being able to buy it themselves. How much do Americans waste? Well, the estimates are that we throw away 40% of our edible food. It's a shocking number because we have tremendous food insecurity in our country. The estimates are that one in eight Americans are food insecure, which means they don't, uh, one in eight Americans don't know, don't have confidence that they're going to have a future meal. But we also have limited resources and we our water is important and our land is important. And if we're just constantly pumping out more and more food only to throw it away, it's, it's going to be even more trouble for us. So the, the estimates are 40%. The food is wasted 
in every part of the food system, every time food changes hands, but the household is really where most of the waste occurs. So we as individual eaters in our homes are the biggest source of food waste. That's interesting because I thought it was more in restaurants. Restaurants are a very close second. Why is it surmised that we waste so much? It's sort of conventional wisdom that we waste because uh, we don't have time, uh, that we're pressed for time, that we're so busy, that uh, we've kind of lost or never learned certain home economic skills. People may not know how to cook or they may not know how to be creative with using ingredients or using things up. Um, but, you know, I wonder too how much of it is that we don't give voice to is how much we're um, afraid of the disappointment of cooking. And when we don't know how to cook and then you, you try something and you make it and it's like, ugh, no, that wasn't very good. And I put that time into it and I, you know, I could have had something tastier delivered to me. Um, or I'm afraid to invite people over and make, make a meal for them because I don't think it's going to be up to anyone's standards and I don't have the confidence in it. And I, I don't hear that from people, but I, I suspect that's part of it. Um, now that's a very interesting point. Yeah. Cooking is very humbling as you're saying, and it, but it's a great teacher that thing, how can I make it better? And how can I put my stamp on this? And no, it's not always going to taste good. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I consider myself a decent cook, but a couple of weeks ago, I made a nasty meal for my, <laughs> it was nasty. And I looked, I, I looked at him and I said, oh my God, this is flat out nasty. I'm sorry. And he's like, <laughs> it's fine. But you know what? I tried and I learned from it. So next yeah. time I don't over salt it the way I did, or I can't remember what it was now, but it was gross. Yes. And so, you know, but it happens. Um, and, sure. but you learn, you know, I hear from, especially people in their twenties that grad, they're out of college and they'll say, I, I never learned. I never learned how to manage my kitchen. I never learned how to grocery shop. I never, I, you know, I didn't learn how to do any of this stuff and, and they want to learn, they want to know how to do it. And if you can if you can get those kind of skills in high school and in your 20s you're really going to be have a much better future i think from a health perspective from a financial perspective i mean i think people also get pressure from uh, the way food is packaged at the grocery store mm -hmm. you know i i went grocery shopping yesterday and went to buy a, a package of chicken chicken breasts and I only needed a pound and they only come now in a pound and a half. So, um, and you know, produce is, is bunched. And when you use recipes, you may not need all of the celery or all of that cilantro. And so the way it's, it's packaged influence that as well. But I think just going back to the, to our earlier part of the conversation where, you know, it is, it is, yes, all of those things, um, but it's also kind of our breakdown in how we think about food and how we gather and how we and how we value it. You know, people people manage to find a lot of time to do a lot of things that are not useful, like social media or, um, 
watching television, but yet they feel that they don't have time to cook and to, and to gather. So I'm not so sure that time is, is of an issue as, as many people say, certainly there are people who are working many jobs and there is very limited time, but many of us have more time than we realize. When you have business that just keeps telling you over and over and over again, you're too busy. All you care about is convenience. You're too busy. All you care about is convenience and you, you believe it. One of the things that I like to do is find creative ways to preserve that produce before it goes bad, whether it means throwing it into a quick pot with a bunch of other things to make a quick stock or canning things or salting them or freezing them. You've gone to the grocery store, you just spent your money, hard-earned money on this food it saves you more money in the long run, too, because now if I've made my own vegetable stock that I've frozen or canned, then I don't have to go buy it later on. The estimates are that an average family of four in America throws away $2,000 a year in food that they could otherwise eat. So $2,000 is a lot of money, you know, mm-hmm. and you would, you would never just take that cash and throw it in the garbage, but yet that's what we do. And like you said, you know, if, if you, if you approach it as I'm going to make sure that I use all of this up in some, in some way, I'm going to throw it into my breakfast. I'm going to throw it into my lunch. You know, I, I, we, we sometimes forget that we have two other meals besides dinner and Mm -hmm. that we can, uh, or, you know, snack on things or, or like I said, have it for breakfast and lunch, but having a couple, a couple go-to use them up recipes, like you said, whether it's stock or soup. It's also amazing what you can revive roasting. And mm. if you have, if you find yourself with some limp vegetables a week later, you can, you can roast them and they'll taste great. Combining that produce with eggs, if you eat eggs is, is great. You can put it into a omelet or a frittata uh, you can put some of it into smoothies too, you know, mm-hmm. your, your mm-hmm. vegetables. You can also toss things in the freezer, especially fruits. If they're starting to turn a little bit, you can keep them in the freezer and put them into your smoothies. You know, I, and baking too, I uh, got a bunch of apples from our CSA a couple weeks ago and they didn't taste very good. So we made them into a pie and it was great. Yeah, those apples you just mentioned could easily be made down into a quick jam, too. You just boil them down and you add a little bit of your sweetener. You've sweetened it yourself, so you've controlled the amount of sugar. And you've got beautiful, fresh preserve that you can spread on your toast. Right, exactly. This type of thing gets me excited, creative ways. Yeah. (laughs) your produce and and your food so it doesn't go to waste. There are so many ways. I just read about one the other day about how in the summertime we have all these herbs that you can actually combine. You can dry those herbs and you can combine them with table salt. And so now you have this extra special, yeah, yeah, like cilantro salt or something. So I thought that was pretty cool. What would you say to people about the expiration dates? Because that induces so much terror 
in people. Yeah, you're so right. And that's, that's one of the biggest reasons why people throw food away. And we've, you know, we're, we're so afraid of germs and getting sick and uh, we don't want to take chances on it. But what's, what's interesting about those dates on food is that they're, they're actually just inventory management dates for the stores. So we think that when we see that date, that means that we can't eat it, but it's actually just a way for the grocery stores to keep track of the food that's in on the shelves. So when it says best buy or sell by, especially sell by, that's really a, a meaningless date for consumers. Best buy means that that's the date where the food will be kind of its its optimum taste and flavor, mm-hmm. but it's still quote unquote safe and good to eat many days after that date. It just may not be the same, you know, have the exact same taste as it would otherwise. So what we have found is the, the best way to think about your, to, be, to, to decide if it's, you know, safe or not is to really use your senses. So if you if you look at it and it's gross, <laughs> you know, and it's <laughs> as old and it's yucky. And although some molds are actually okay to eat, or if it smells bad or it looks, yeah, if it looks and it smells bad, then I would say don't eat it. And you can always go online too. There's lots of resources available through the, I believe the EPA has a good one where if you want to check and, and see how, you know, what they recommend. And it's, and, and of course they recommend it very conservatively and it's still days past that, that date that you find on the, on the foods from the grocery stores. In the home, the important thing to remember is like you said, you know, you spend money on this food and it's, it's your money. You're better off financially if you can figure out ways to make sure that you're not throwing it away. And it has this ancillary benefit of being great for the environment. So it's one of the few environmental activities that we can do that actually saves you money. It's not something you have to install or necessarily change. You you know, you don't have to move. You don't have to take change your transportation. You just have to use what you bought. And, uh, and it's great for your budget and it's great for the environment. And it's also great for your health because you, chances are you're going to be eating out less if you're Mm -hmm. using up the food that you purchased and finding ways to incorporate it into your breakfast and lunch and, and your future meals. I hear so many people that say, well, I don't like leftovers. I don't. You know, I, I just, I don't eat my life leftovers. My husband loves leftovers or my wife loves leftovers, but I don't. Leftovers get a bad rap because you don't feel like necessarily eating the same thing the next day and, or it doesn't heat up well. Uh, but a great way to approach leftovers is actually to view them as an ingredient into a different dish mm-hmm. than just simply reheating it and reheating it. You you actually incorporate it into something else. So you mix it with rice or eggs or potatoes or something to, uh, you know, put it in a taco, something so that it's, you don't feel like you're, you're kind of eating the same thing over and over again. The accomplishment that I feel when I open up my fridge and I have the weirdest 
combination of things lying around and I can make something delicious out of it. I'm like, yes, Mm -hmm. me too. So cool. And, you know, I I can't believe it took me this long in life to realize how delicious fried mashed potatoes are the next day, but Oh my gosh, that was life changing. (laughs) Oh, something new I've learned too. Yeah. We had these leftover mashed potatoes and mixed them with some egg and put them in little patties. They taste like, kind of like latkes and um, they were heavenly. Yeah. You know, it's about being active instead of passive and realizing the, the power you have, the power you have every time you buy food, you, you bring it into your home and, uh, and that's a great thing. You know, it's, it's wonderful that we have that capacity and, the more we treasure it and value it, the better it is for us individually in terms of our health and our budget, but it's also a huge benefit to us as a society and a culture. So it's a, it's a win-win all the way around. You know, you are, you are what you eat, but you, you're also how you eat. If you're, the way you eat is not reflecting your values as an individual and as a society, it's, it's trouble. So, Danielle, what is your personal definition of what it means to be healthy? It's really a matter of placing yourself within a larger context than you as an individual and realizing how we're all part of a tribe and that we need each other and we need each other to survive physically, but also emotionally. And food is a key component of that. Thank you so very much for being here. Thank you, Nadine. It was so nice to talk with you. If people want to get in touch, if they want to learn more or talk about how, because I imagine your listeners come from all over, if they have questions about, you know, if they want to do something where they live, I'm happy to talk to people too, if they want to connect. What is the website? It's makefoodnotwaste.org. And now it's time for practical tips. What really resonated with me in learning from Danielle is that we take responsibility and show respect for our food. So this week, I invite you to share ways that you use to avoid food waste. And I will share those tips with you. Please email me at yogimd at yogimd.net. Thanks for being here. See you next time.